that's such a, a difficult time in your life in general. So having a stressful job plus all the personal things that are happening, you know, I didn't really, nobody ever told me that all those things together could really cause me to leave my job. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have that self-awareness. I didn't have that life experience. Mm -hmm. So as I've grown, I thought I would grow and not have another burnout, but you know, we're still always growing. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you are about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hello there, Burned In Teachers, and welcome to episode 135 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. This is another flashback episode. I'm really excited to share it with you. I love this conversation that I got to have with Danielle Newfer back in 2019. Gosh, a lot's changed since then, right? Um, I even got to reach out to her to ask her for an updated bio because I had assumed correctly that her life had changed a little bit. And whose life hasn't changed in the last couple of years? Pandemic or not, we are consistently changing. We are consistently being challenged in different ways. We are growing. We are, our families are changing. Our friendships are changing. The world is changing. And that's what I love so much about this episode and kind of bringing it to you now in a new light a couple of years later with also understanding the perspectives that you have now that you may not have had in 2019. You know, one thing that I really appreciate about having these conversations with teachers that are doing the work, that are in the classrooms, and at this point um, in 2019 when I interviewed Danielle, I had been out of the classroom for a year. And even listening to myself back then, I realized how much I have grown and how much my perspectives have changed now being back in the classroom now for almost an entire school year. And it's a really great um, interview for anybody who has felt burned out in the past and maybe told themselves the story that they were now free and clear of burnout forever. We know that that's not the case. 
And I'm telling you what, when I was re-listening to this episode the other day, uh, it couldn't have come into my life at a better time because I'm recording this in late April and our last day of school is a little over four weeks away. And there's been a lot of time, today for example, was a very, very challenging day behavior-wise in my classroom. And yes, I know that you know that I'm working very hard on bringing new strategies, new perspectives, new ideas into my classroom with some courses that I've enrolled in by the active educator, but that doesn't mean that every day is going to be perfect. And so I brought in these strategies that I remember now learning from Danielle back in 2019 um, into my daily life, into the classroom. I've done a lot of deep breathing, which I've already taught my students, but I have been practicing it in front of them as well. And you'll hear the other tips that she gives you for getting yourself into a healthy headspace, um, either when your kids are with you in the classroom or when you have, you know, your planning or prep time. All around, this is a fantastic conversation for this time of the year because when things are at their most chaotic, that is where we tend to spiral when Danielle and our conversation here today will help you to become more centered. And that's what we all need um, during these last few weeks of school. Speaking of the last few weeks of school, before I introduce Danielle and we jump into the interview, I want to make sure that you are fully aware that I am going to be leading a free workshop all about healing through your burnout in the last few weeks of school before school is over so we can move forward and set ourselves up for a successful next school year. Listen, I'm all about shutting the door on teaching and walking away and forgetting about anything that happened this year and um, just sort of diving right into summer and just doing fun stuff all summer. I, I get that. But I also feel like summertime and even before summertime, um, here in this time of year, we can do a lot of reflection and a lot of preparation for actually doing things different next year. And summer is the perfect time to have a, a wonderful hybrid of rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation, but also some preparation and some proactivity that can make next year different. You know, I used to go into my school year every year, every August or, you know, end of July, I'd say, you know, this year's going to be different. I'm not going to let things bother me anymore. And then I would do literally nothing different and everything would bother me and I'd end up in that burned out place by October. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash workshop. It's totally free. And once you enroll, you'll get more information. Um, you'll get a workbook. You're going to get lots of great information about how it is that I would love to help to set you up for a burned in 2022. 23 school year starting now. So I hope to see you there, burnedinteacher.com slash workshop. So now it's time to introduce you to our guest. I'm so excited to have Danielle back on the podcast to help to remind us that we have power over our emotions and over our space. Danielle specializes in teaching mindfulness, stress reduction, self-care, and habit formation to teachers and students. She's a high school English teacher, a Mindful Schools certified instructor, and an ICF credentialed teacher wellness coach. Danielle is the author of The Path of a Mindful Teacher, which I got to write part of the foreword for, and founder of Teaching Well, which is dedicated to supporting teachers to reduce stress and burnout while finding and sustaining balance and wellness inside and outside of their classrooms. Do you see why Danielle and I get along so well? <laughs> Danielle is honored to partner with like-minded school districts and work with teachers through professional development opportunities, online courses, and one-to-one -one teacher wellness coaching. 
You can find and learn more about her at teachingwell.life. All right, my friends, let's dive into my interview with Danielle. Burn on. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today on the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about you and your teaching journal. Jeez, uh, Louise. So tell us a little bit about your teaching journal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> oh, man. Can you tell my brain is like, ah. All right. So tell us a little bit about your teaching journey and how you got from a teacher to what you do now. All right. So I am still in the classroom, but I definitely have had quite a teacher journey throughout the years. Um, I started in 2002 as a high school English teacher, and I went through uh, basically the, the typical five-year everything's coming in on me. A typical thing that teachers deal with that we talk about all the time and that you talk about all the time. Um, what I found through a lot of reflection is that it wasn't just, I don't know what started first, if it was personal life stuff happening that would then interfere with my teaching or if it was teaching stuff that would then compound my personal life stuff. But for whatever reason, I was sitting literally in the principal's office in 2006. I was not necessarily in trouble, but I was getting talked to, um, my principal was talking to me and he was really concerned about just what was going on. Like he knew something was wrong. And this was right before we went on summer vacation. And um, you know, it's 2006 and, and I, I honestly didn't know if, if I didn't do something during that summer, if I was gonna actually be able to last the next year. Mm. So I did a lot of deep diving and that's what I think I, I try to use each of my summers for now. So it's interesting. I know you were doing a summer of self-care, um, you know, features with your the podcast and, and I really tried to empower teachers to really look at, do a deep dive into themselves the summer in, in the summertime. And I think that's why, because that was such a profound thing that happened for me. So during that time uh, in 2006, during the summer, you know, I went through, I, I started going to see a therapist and I found something called uh, mindfulness for my own personal practice. And I also started to do things with my morning routine. So these, didn't, these things didn't like just happen overnight, but slowly those were kind of the things that helped me go from sitting in the principal's office, 2006, end of the school year, to really starting to kind of dig myself out of the overwhelm and stress I was feeling both in my personal life and my professional life. And I like to, to just pause there and, and say that my story is really a cautionary tale because I definitely had two big burnouts in my life. So that was the first one. And I thought, oh, I got through that five-year hump. Like, I'm good. Like, this is great. And what happens, I think, to a lot of people and what definitely happened to me is I started to feel better. So because I started to feel better, you start to forget to do some of the things that make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I started also to become a better teacher, which had other people asking me to take on responsibilities and add things to my plate. 
And to be perfectly honest, I was, it, it was an ego boost. You know, it, it was oh, yeah. really like, you know, here I was in 2006, like not knowing if I could be a teacher. And now people are like, here, why don't you do this? Or let's have Danielle do this or join this committee or do this thing. And, and it felt good. So I, I did, I did all those things. And that caused, uh, clearly a second round of burnout, which were for completely different reasons that never really occurred to me that it could happen again. And especially it's such, they were such great things that I was involved in, you know, it was, it was things that I love to do. Mm -hmm. So my, my ego really uh, had me take on things and not know how to say no. So I think that's one thing that my journey has taught me is how to, and I will probably say this a lot, is how to reframe the no. So instead of saying no, I thought I was saying no to, you know, all these things, but really saying no can allow me to say yes to other things like a more balanced life. Absolutely. Yeah. So so many important things already, you know, the importance of knowing that there's not one type of burnout and that it doesn't just happen one time and that depending on where you are in your journey, it can happen for different reasons. And oh my goodness, so many. So help me to remember or understand in 2006, how many years had you been teaching? I had only been teaching four years. So it was right at that, that part where like they tell you like, this is where you make or break your career a lot of times. And so many teachers walk away and, and I really didn't want to, uh, but again, like that's such an early part. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot older than I was then. And that's such a, a difficult time in your life in general. So having a stressful job plus all the personal things that are happening, you know, I didn't really, nobody ever told me that all those things together could really cause me to leave my job. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have that self-awareness. I didn't have that life experience. Mm-hmm. So as I've grown, I thought I would grow and not have another burnout, but you know, we're still always growing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you. You're still in in the classroom, but you also serve teachers. So tell us a little bit about that transition, you know, that, that side hustle, you know, of, of serving teachers alongside being a teacher. And I am really curious about that because Ultimately, I felt like I had to make a choice for my own well-being, and I'm very curious of how you balance all of that. Well, let me just start by saying I don't want to be on your show again in a few years saying I've had a third burnout. So, <laughs> right. right. You are making very valid points, and I will <laughs> tell you how, and this is actually um, is, so I'll, I'll go back to, to the second burnout, what ended up happening so the second burnout ended up 2014. We'll skip ahead to 2014. And I did not want to go back to school. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you need someone in your life who can help to push you through challenging situations, heal from past trauma, or help you change your mindset and perspective, BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm a full-time teacher and a teacher burnout coach, not a licensed therapist. Sometimes your needs are deeper than what I can offer you as someone who is using their experience and success with beating burnout to support other teachers. And that's okay. 
BetterHelp is professional therapy done securely online. Available for everyone worldwide with weekly video or phone sessions and timely and thoughtful text-based check-ins and responses from your therapist all throughout the week if that's something you need. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is available. Go to www.betterhelp.com slash burnedinteacher to sign up and check out all of the testimonials. And if you sign up, you get 10% off your first month by using my link. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash burned in teacher. You'll get 10% off your first month with our promo code burned in teacher. That's all one word. Burn on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I could let go of some of those responsibilities and maybe my life would free up, like my ego didn't want that to happen, but I didn't, I didn't know what to do because I really didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. So I actually was able to find a happy medium. I had a friend who had gone on a sabbatical and my school district would allow that to happen. So I actually took a sabbatical from 2015 spring semester and then spring of 2016. And during that time, I was able to take courses in mindfulness. I I really deepened my mindfulness practice. And I actually found through that sabbatical how to apply mindfulness to the classroom Mm. through all the training that I was getting while I was on sabbatical. So I found some space from being in the classroom, really dug deep with the learning and found that and then I applied those things when I, went, when I went back to the classroom and found, oh my gosh, my world is just a completely different place now that I have found these techniques that not only happen in my personal life, but also I can apply to my classroom. Mm-hmm. So through that experience, I started teaching well, which I still do at this point. Um, I have not had to make that choice as of yet because the last year I have been on maternity leave with my son. Oh, well, working, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> working from home mm-hmm. while my husband is also working from home. So I've been able to really dive deep into working with teachers since I haven't been in the classroom for the last year. Mm-hmm. So that means I go back to the classroom in August. Uh-huh. And I am not really, and so I'll be completely vulnerable right now and tell you that I don't know how I'm going to juggle this. And I'm going to, what I'm, what I'm planning on doing is really, really applying the things that I have been giving to other teachers to my classroom and really see if they work. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, that's going to be fantastic to be able to share your own experiences with your own teachings in your own classroom and bring those back. Those are going to be really, really valuable lessons. And you are going to learn a lot. And with taking risks and starting something new, there's always a learning curve. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm really excited for you. You're going to have to report back to us and let us know how it's going. I, that's, that's my plan. Like, that's kind of how I feel like I'm taking the business, um, and teaching well into kind of uncharted territories, but it's really, it's, it's real life stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. like these are all things that so many teachers are doing that I feel like 
it's, it's, it's good. It'll be a good thing. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing thing. So that's a great transition into talking about the business that you started called teaching well. So you and I found each other on social media and, um, I, you and I have connected back and forth now for several months. I thought this would be a perfect time for you to come on to the show and teach people a little bit about your, about what you do for teachers and teach us a little bit about what we can do at the beginning of the school year to help us to have a better year maybe than what we did last year or the years previous. Sure. So, uh, I always like to give action steps when I work with teachers because we're always inundated with theory and things like that. So I like to give teachers. Yeah. Yes. Small, actionable steps. So what I found is that a very simple thing you can do in your classroom, if you want to bring more mindfulness and these mindfulness practices that I, that I definitely would recommend teachers learning more about, is simply taking three breaths. Like it can be that simple. Mm. So what I oftentimes do is I, I look at a teacher's schedule and we try to figure out when can I actually take three breaths? And I know it sounds silly, but when you're deliberate about those pauses, those pauses come more naturally when you need them the most. When you are getting ready to react to a student's behavior automatically, if you can plug into those three breaths, you'll start to respond more mindfully. So just looking at, okay, where in my schedule can I just pause? Maybe it's at the beginning of the day. Maybe it's before my lunch break. Maybe it's uh, during a transition period with my kids when they're walking to their specials class or whatever your schedule looks like, build in those three breaths. And then it, again, it's just like a mindfulness practice where we have those things built in and then in the classroom, they come more naturally. That's one. So- Forgive me if I'm asking you to get a little bit vulnerable or if this is awkward, but could you model what that sounds like? I know that people listening can't see you, but it might, I don't know if they can hear you or not. Let's try this. And if we can't hear you, or I don't even know if you can hear (laughs) these breaths, but if you can't, I will cut this part out. But if not, it might be really helpful to hear what those deep breaths sounds like, sound like. Okay. I'll do my best. Okay. And is there something that you're thinking about or is there some mantra that you're saying to yourself while you're doing those breaths? What do, what do you suggest teachers do during that time? I just basically want to focus on the breathing and where I feel it the most. So I might even just think in as I'm inhaling and out as I'm exhaling just to make myself focus on that breathing. Mm-hmm. I also will really plug into the place where I feel the breath the most, which is where I, what I call the anchor. So the anchor might be the tip of your nose. It might be your chest. It might be your stomach. It might be the back of your throat. So wherever you feel that breath the most, you can really hone in on that part and that will keep you present to that breath. 
That is fantastic. And I actually could hear you. So I'm going to leave that in there. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. That's a great first step. So what else do you have for us? Another thing that you could do in the midst of your class. So especially I do this at the beginning of my classes is something called centering. So all you can do is when you're at the front of the classroom, you just plug into your feet. So what do your feet feel like so that you are really in your classroom instead of stressing about what you didn't get done earlier in your day, that the copy machine broke, that your email's not working, that you have to make a parent phone call later, all of those things. If you really just ground down into your feet, what do your feet feel like in the floor? You don't have to do anything except just check in with that. And then you know, do a, do a pan around the room. Just, just really center your feet to the ground and just feel what that feels like. Wow. That seems like something that's so simple and that you will really have to like, how do you remind yourself to do this? Because I love the first one because that's something where you are um, by yourself, you know, or you are at least in a place where you're not in the middle of the chaos. And I love all of the things that you said that we're thinking about because only a teacher could understand all of those things. Um, but this is like in the midst of it all. This is in, you know, the center of the storm here. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what are some ways that we can remember to try to do that? Is it a sticky note? Like we need more sticky notes. Um, you know, how do you, how do you remember to do this? I do recommend sticky notes. That is a big recommendation (laughs) in my, in my world. Um, you could absolutely put something like a smiley face or something like in the front of the room to remind you. I don't think, I don't find any, any, um, any sort of reminder like that is absolutely fair game. Sometimes I will ask teachers or, or uh, ask teachers, maybe would it be helpful to put something in the back of the room that you can actually see that's like a sign for you so that when you look up, it's like get centered, but you don't need to write get centered because you might, kids might be like, what does that mean? So maybe it's a smiley face again, or maybe it's something at the clock because you're looking at the clock for when the, the school day or the new class comes in. Mm. It also could be something that you do right before you go into the classroom. If you greet your kids outside the door, you just take a moment, center, take that one breath and then walk into your classroom ready to start. So you do have that moment to pause. That kind of like entering your, a stage, like, all right, showtime. Right. <laughs> Get yourself geared up for it. I love that. That's fantastic. I love the idea too of having a sign or a symbol somewhere in the classroom too that reminds you. And also what I remember doing um, in my classroom is I did, I did definitely did not decorate my classroom because I really wanted to be student-centered, but I did have little things in the classroom that I thought, this is mine. This is for me because this is also my space and I need to have little pieces of it that I love and that bring me joy. So I can imagine how having that little symbol that it just means something to you and that's yours. It's like your little secret with yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I know you have one more thing to share with us that you'd like teachers to take action on, especially beginning this year, getting into these practices. So what's the last step? So oftentimes teachers are doing these mindfulness practices, they're learning to breathe, they're learning to center, and they say, well, shouldn't, shouldn't, and that's the, that's mm. the key, shouldn't I be teaching this to kids? 
And first of all, I want to say you never have to teach this to kids if you don't want to, mm -hmm. because your presence alone will be different in the classroom without ever teaching students any of these techniques. So what I'd like to offer, if you're saying, no, but but it's, it, I need something. If you need something, um, what I love to do is something called a silent 60. So all it is is 60 seconds at the beginning of your class where you just let the students put their heads down if they want, close their eyes. They just don't need to distract other kids, but it's used as a transition between their hustle and bustle and your classroom and it builds that bridge of okay all that stuff was stuff outside my room let's get focused on what's happening here and now and I will tell you that in my experience I've been doing this for years the kids they they look forward to it and they ask for more and at first they think oh we're getting something over on her she's giving us this minute and what ends up happening is that they they don't realize that they're in a better space. I'm in a better space. The work gets done at a better, everything just becomes a little bit more at ease. Mm -hmm. So silent 60. I love that. And that's so easy to remember. All three of these tips are, are super simple, but I could see the potential on how these could make a big impact. And even in, you know, in my position with working with teachers in the classrooms and um, leading PD and things like that, I can see how that would also help me with my anxiety as well. Yes. So thank you for that. This was a, a nice little uh, reminder to be mindful no matter what profession you're in, but especially in the chaos of the day as a teacher. There was one year I had 30 first graders. Um, I could have used these practices. That was a very challenging year for me. Um, and I was also doing burden teacher on the side. And, uh, and I could have definitely used those practices. Danielle, before we sign off today, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the teachers as they go into their new school year? Or they possibly have even started already? Um, and tell us again where we can find you. One thing that I would love to give teachers as they move into their next school year is the ability to say no and reframe that no and say yes to all of the things that make them the wonderful teacher that they are. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to leave teachers with is the ability to say yes to themselves, yes to a full life, because that's going to make them an incredibly valuable teacher and an, an, an invaluable person in our society. So we need to take care of ourselves and that's the real wonderful empowerment piece of this whole thing is that we are the solution to that stress. Mm -hmm. We are the solution. So we don't need to wait for anybody else to do anything else because when we change, things change and that can make all the difference. Such a powerful way to end our interview. And it's so true. And I've, I've said this so many times before, no one's coming to save you. You have to make the decision. You have to do the research. You have to take the action steps. Just wishing for things to be different is not going to change anything. 
So if you change nothing, nothing changes. So Danielle, thank you so much for those lessons. Those tips are invaluable as teachers begin the school year. And really, anytime you listen to this, these are things that you don't have to print things out and laminate them. You know, you can just bring these things into your daily practices. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your expertise and your experience and for what you have learned about mindfulness and bringing it um, onto the podcast. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. I'll see you next week. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.